All right, here we are. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Stronger Stride podcast. Now, exciting news. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple or the usual podcast platforms, you might not be aware that we are also filming on a camera, which I have to say is a bit daunting for me. I've been behind the microphone anonymous for nearly three years now, but I thought it was about time we get on the camera and start giving you some visuals, which will be particularly important for this episode because I'm going to be talking to you about my favorite shoes of 2023. What is my current shoe rotation? What am I wearing? What am I not wearing? And a little bit of advice if you are in the market for some new shoes, what sort of things should you be looking out for and what maybe doesn't matter so much as we might think. Before I get into it, a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm not claiming to be a shoe expert. I'm not a podiatrist. I don't work in shoe retail. I don't work for a shoe manufacturer or company. I'm simply a bit of a shoe nerd and a runner and I love shoes and I love running shoes and I spent five or six years working at the Coast Runners Shop talking to people about shoes every single day, selling shoes, figuring out which shoe is going to be best for each person and I learned a lot of valuable experience from that and I've sort of carried that on throughout the rest of my career and life and just really love running shoes and I know how good it feels when you get the right pair. So that's my context. I'm not an expert take everything that I say with a grain of salt. This is all just my opinion based on my current circumstances, my biomechanics, my anatomy, my preferences. So you might be completely different, but I thought it was interesting to share. And I would love to know as well what your current favorite pair of running shoes is, your favorite pair of 2023. What is it and why? Have you got a particular reason or do you just love this shoe? All right, so kicking things off with number one, the Asics Keanu 30. This is my first shoe that I'm gonna talk about. And it's probably the shoe that I reach for the most at the moment. It's probably the shoe that I wear the most. It is my go-to long, slow, easy running shoe. Um, super comfortable, super stable. It's not a shoe that I'd ever worn before prior to the version 30 coming out. The shoes have changed quite a lot. These shoes used to be quite heavy. They had a big a plastic trustic system on the bottom. It was quite rigid, quite stiff firm, felt a little bit slappy underfoot, had a really rigid medial post and it just, it didn't feel right for me. I know a lot of people loved the old Keanu and there was a really particular demographic or type of runner that really loved that shoe and it worked really well for them. And I'd be curious to know, do they still love this shoe because it has changed so much? For me personally, I love it a lot now and I never used to, but I'm a big fan. So they've gone away from that really kind of rigid plastic system and they now just have a regular base on the shoe. They've widened the base so it's quite stable through the actual sole of the shoe. It's a little bit more broad than the actual part where your foot sits on. So it gives you a little bit more stability in that way. They've also softened up the lateral portion of the cushioning. Now Hopper, if you're watching, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've softened this up so that as you land, you've got a little bit more give on that outer side. Whereas if you're someone who tends to have a little bit more medial movement, this side will be a little bit firmer than that side. So you should still land relatively neutrally. Now, as a bit of an overall statement, I don't really think pronation matters. I don't think it's something we should avoid. It's just a movement similar to flexing and extending your elbow, doing a bicep curl. It's just a movement that we go through day to day. If you are unable to get into pronation, then that might be a little bit of an issue. If you're stuck in that supination with that really rigid arch and you're not able to absorb impact, that's not ideal. But avoiding pronation completely or trying to get away from it or trying to really restrict your foot from moving into that position, unless you've got a really specific pathology that 
um, requires avoiding that for whatever reason, then that's gonna be a different situation. But in general, we're talking injury-free, pain-free people. I don't really think there's an issue with it. And I think a lot of the shoes are moving away from that model of really strong, big medial posts and being a little bit more, I guess, neutral-minded. So this shoe is quite stable. For my particular concept, or sorry, content, for my particular context, I have a bit of funny feet, funny anatomy and biomechanics. My left foot is really flat and kind of just naturally sits in this sort of everted, overpronated position. And I really load a lot through that medial border of the foot. My right foot is quite neutral. I've got a little bit of an arch there. It doesn't really tend to have that same inversion effect. I always get confused, eversion, inversion. Blake Withers, if you're watching, correct me which one it is. But basically they're just totally different feet. So you could look at one shoe and if you just compare, you just think they're totally different. One leg's a bit longer, which might contribute. And I always end up with injuries on the same leg, my left leg. So I tend to try and play it safe and go to a shoe that is a little bit more stable, a little bit more forgiving, and doesn't allow me to move completely all over the place. If I was in something really narrow, um, really unstable, particularly really maybe soft and, um, you know, something like a Vaporfly, for me, that just allows my ankle and foot to move around in all sorts of places. And because my feet are so different, I try and avoid that because my right foot probably is just doing a really normal movement. My left foot's probably not, and therefore I feel as though I'm loading up different structures in my body a little bit differently. I could be looking at that totally wrong, but that's kind of just where my logic puts it. So I tend to stick to stability shoes. I've typically been someone who, as a kid, was always told, oh, you're an overpronator, you need orthotics, you've got flat feet, you need arch support. So that was always my narrative growing up. So potentially I've just kind of held on to that bias throughout my adult years but I like a stable shoe in general. I was always a big fan of the Brooks Adrenaline. That was my go-to. I probably have had, to be honest, 10 pairs of those. Yes, similar, you know, if you're looking at all the different brands in terms of which are their really rigid supportive shoes, which are their kind of more neutral shoes, racing shoes, these two would probably sit in a similar category. The Brooks Adrenaline and the Asics Canono, similar kind of category. We've got a little bit of support. The Brooks use guide rails, so some support on either medial and lateral side of the shoe there to give you a little bit of extra support. I find this shoe, it's probably just a little bit old, it probably needs updating, but I just find it a little bit less fun than some of the other shoes. I feel as though now there are so many shoes on the market that are springy and responsive and have carbon plates and heaps of cushioning and they just feel really exciting and fun and playful. Brooks Adrenaline, ugh, I don't know, it just doesn't quite have that same excitement for me. I'm sure Brooks have got some other shoes which are really fun um, and that's kind of their stable, safe shoe that people have just loved for years and I've been in that situation. Um, but I'm just finding I'm not reaching for it as much. I'm tending to stick towards the Asics Kano as my go-to shoe for easy, slow jogging. So any of my recovery runs, my long runs on the road, that's kind of when I'm using that shoe. The heel to toe drop. So when we're talking about heel to toe drop, we're basically saying what is the difference between the height of the heel versus the height of the forefoot. For this specific Asics Kano 30, it's a 10 millimeter drop. So we've got a slight heel to toe drop, meaning the heel is a little bit taller than the forefoot. We've also got 263 grams for the women's shoe. I'm not sure what size that's in, but it's a relatively heavy shoe. You can see there's a lot of shoe. It's wide, it's thick. I'm not expecting it to be light. I'm not racing in this shoe, so I don't need it to be light, um, but that's just something to consider as well. So that is number one, Asics Kano 30. All right, my second shoe in the rotation is the On Cloud Monster. Now I've had this shoe probably a similar amount of time to the Kano, a couple of months, probably about August, September this year. Totally different feel, totally different shoe, and it's not like anything I've had before. If you're not watching or you're not familiar with On, 
there are some big chunky holes in the base of this shoe, which is kind of their cushioning and propulsion system, totally different to other brands. And it feels really unusual. I found when I first put this on, I felt like it was really firm. I felt as though the rubber was quite hard. I didn't feel like there was much cushioning or softness that I was used to with other shoes. And I wasn't sure if I'd get along with it. I did initially feel like the fit was really good. I really like the lacing system and the upper. It feels like you've got enough space. And I'm someone who tends to lean towards more of a wide shoe. I like to be able to lay my toes. I think it's really nice for stability. I think it's good for big toe extension. And I think it's just a little bit more optimal for how we should be moving rather than being really squished into a really tight narrow shoe, particularly one that kind of points up at the end. I just don't think that's how our feet are shaped. So I just don't think it makes a lot of sense, but I really like the fit of this shoe. As I said, a little bit um, firm at first, but over time, as I started to wear it, it really softened up quite quickly. I don't know if you can see when I squish down on there, those holes kind of compress. So I'm imagining as I'm landing on my forefoot or midfoot, these holes are compressing and then it's propelling me forward. And I feel like that's really nice at the moment. I probably wouldn't run too far in this because I tend to like going more towards that ASIC Scano just for that stability factor. But I really like this for my short run. So going to Pace Run Club on a Thursday night, this is fantastic for that five to 10 Ks. Feels fine, don't notice any issues with it. It's just, it just is good. It's definitely, I don't personally feel like, wow, this is the most incredible shoe I've ever worn, but it's just a nice, easy, comfortable shoe that I know is gonna feel good. I know it's not gonna give me blisters or any issues like that. And I like the fact that it's different. It's a lot lower drop than the counter, but yeah, six millimeters there, 230 grams. So slightly lighter, but pretty similar. It feels relatively light to hold, but it's still, I guess, on the heavier side of shoes but I'm not wearing it for racing or any sessions or anything like that. So that's not really an issue for me. So yeah, that is the On Cloud Monster. If you haven't tried On, give it a go. It's something a little bit different, something a little bit fun. All right, shoe number three, we have the Socony Endorphin Speed 3. Now this is one of my lighter, faster shoes that I wear for my speed sessions, interval runs, tempo runs, and I really like how light and springy it feels. In terms of weight, it's 178 grams. So what's that? Nearly 100 grams less than the Keanu. So quite a big difference there. It also has a nylon plate in it. So it's got a plate throughout the whole sole. Now it's made of nylon, not carbon. So carbon is a really stiff, responsive, springy material. Nylon is a little bit more flexible. So you still get a little bit more bend, you get less stiffness. And I feel as though it's just the right amount for my speed sessions. Gives me a nice little pop and a nice little spring. Um, and I wouldn't say no to a carbon plate. It's not like I'm choosing this over a carbon plate, but it just so happens to be nylon and I feel like that feels quite good for me. Again, love the fit of this shoe. It's not too narrow. I'm quite a big foot, so I tend to often go into a men's shoe to get that extra width as well. This one is a ladies fit and feels fantastic. The mesh is nice and open and um, breathable. feels really good. Nice bit of support around the heel. And yeah, I'm a big fan, really like it. My only complaint, which I don't even think is a complaint because I knew knew what it's gonna be like going into buying the shoe. Just a little bit less outsole, which of course it's a racing or a speed shoe. So it's gonna be less durable on the outsole because it's geared towards being a lighter weight shoe. That's fine for me. I'm wearing this for speed sessions, for races, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, which I'm not doing that much of. So it's gonna last me as long as I need it to. Um, it's super comfy and I just really enjoy the feel of it. So that is the Socky Endorphin Speed. It's an eight millimeter drop. So if you remember before we had the Asics, which is 10 mil, the OnCloud Monster was six and that Socony Endorphin three, which is eight millimeters. Now, 
these specific numbers don't really mean a lot, but what I'm trying to get at here is the variety. So I don't just have one particular type of shoe with the same amount of cushioning, the same heel to toe drop, the same stiffness or plushness or the same fit. I'm really trying to go for some variety to stress different parts of the body, different parts of the feet and the legs and add a little bit of variety. When we're running, it's quite repetitive, particularly if we're doing road running on a flat straight road, we're not getting much variation at all. So having different shoes, running on different surfaces, adding in some elevation or some trail running is really gonna add some variety so that we're not just doing the same repetitive motion over and over again and stressing the exact same part of the body in the same way. So that's why I'm trying to have a little bit of variety. I'm not anti zero drop, I'm not anti high drop. I'm just all about getting as much variety as I can within a safe and comfortable manner. Shoe number four. So these are my four key shoes that I'm wearing at the moment. Number four had to be a trail shoe. Because if you don't already know, I'm training for Tarawira. So I need a trail shoe. This has been my go-to for a while. It's probably a little bit out of date, a little bit expired, a little bit needing an upgrade, but it's still treating me pretty well. This is the Hawker Torrent 2. It's a five millimeter drop and it's 215 grams. It's one of Hawker's, I guess, more nimble, lightweight trail shoes. It's not super chunky and cushioned and thick like something like the Speedgoat would be. A little bit more light and you're a little bit closer to the ground, which I really enjoy. It's got some nice grip on the bottom. It's not Vibram, so it's nothing super crazy or sticky grippy, but for the surfaces that I'm running on, it does pretty well. I tend to be someone who likes to bomb down the hills relatively quickly, and this has lasted me well, and I haven't had any stacks, so I think that's a reasonable test for it. This is a men's shoe, so the width is quite good, very roomy, um, and yeah, I really like it. I think a couple of things to think about when you are in the market for a trail shoe is obviously the grip, depending on what surface you're on, you're gonna need maybe particularly bigger lugs or smaller lugs, there's all sorts of different types. Go to the shoe shop and they'll explain that for you. Something else to consider, which I hadn't really thought about until I was working at the shop, was just having a little bit of extra protection around the toe box because you're running through sticks and twigs and rocks, it's really easy to kick any of those and then you get holes in your shoes, the mesh wears out. And if you're not in a shoe that has that kind of protection, it's just not gonna last you as long. So that's something else to consider when looking at trail shoe. All right, so they're my four key priority shoes that I wear every week. Now, of course, I've got some other shoes. That couldn't just stop at four. I've got a few others that I wear, I guess almost as accessory shoes, shoes that I just don't get to every week and shoes that add a little bit more variety as well. So these are a little bit more obscure. So kicking things off with one of my all time favorite shoes, the Vivo Barefoot. Totally different to what I've shown you before completely flexible. There's no cushioning in it at all. It is completely zero drop from heel to toe. It's very wide uh, foot shaped shoe. And I don't really run in this, but I really wanted to include it because I think it's important. And I really value having something like this in my rotation. I think walking in this, going to the gym in this is just, it's just been game changing. I reckon I've had this shoe for maybe two and a half, two, two and a half years. Not long since we started this podcast, actually we had Sui on the show and we both just were absolutely obsessed with this shoe for our gym and walking. It's really nice because it allows your foot to splay. It allows your toes to spread. It's got that zero drop. So it's a little bit more barefoot, a little bit more minimal to anything else that I wear throughout the day. So again, it is really nice to add some variety. Now I've had a history of Achilles issues. So anything zero drop has typically been a little bit aggravating for me and a little bit tender and seems to flare things up if I'm getting into it too quickly. So I am really careful with when I add this in, what times of my training block, what sessions or days am I wearing it for? 
and I'm not really doing much running at all in this. I was for a while, I was doing some 5k grass runs in this regularly, but I have just sort of lost that in my routine. It just sort of, I don't know, it's vanished from my routine, but I would like to introduce that back in slowly. I wear this every gym session or I'm completely barefoot. I find it's really good for proprioception, particularly doing heavy squats or deadlifts. I really like that kind of feeling for those. I think a lot of runners just wear their running shoes to the gym and they can be quite squishy and they move around a lot. You don't get a lot, a lot of stability and you don't get really much feedback or proprioception from the ground. So investing in something like this or just being barefoot is a really good upgrade to help work your intrinsic muscles, work your calves and Achilles a little bit more in a different way. Now, of course, it's really easy to overdo it. So I'm not saying go and grab a pair of these and go for a 10K run, absolutely not. But just sprinkling it in small doses at a time, I think for majority of people is really valuable. There's gonna be certain people who are just not gonna get along with it at all. But if you're someone who's injury-free at the moment, pain-free at the moment, no history of Achilles or calf issues, if you were to wear this to the gym once a week, if you were to wear it for an occasional 10, 20, 30 minute walk throughout the week, I think that'd be a really nice starting point to add some variety and different loads to the body. So if you'd like yourself a pair, we do have a link below. We've worn these shoes for years and we absolutely love them. So we're lucky enough to have a discount code for you guys to use. It is linked below in the description or the show notes if you're listening on podcast platform. So that's the Vivo. A similar train of thought, but a totally different looking shoe. We have the Ultra Via Olympus. Now this is a chunky boy. Oh, it's heavy and chunky. Um, super thick shoe, massive amount of cushioning underneath the foot. But surprisingly, by looking at it, you wouldn't know unless you know ouches, it is a zero drop. So completely the same height from the heel to toe, which means it's relatively minimal despite how it looks. It's also got a really big uh, foot-shaped toe box. I always get that confused. Foot-shaped toe box, so really nice and wide, that square toe box rather than a really pointed narrow fit, which is really nice for people who have wider feet or who people who just want to have a nice toe splay. Now this shoe is very chunky. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet. I feel like I haven't given it a proper go because I tend to find that it sort of slaps down on the ground, kind of you land, you slap, and then you have to go again. There's no kind of rocker. There's no plate. It's very rigid. doesn't really, oh, there we go, a little bit of flex. doesn't flex heaps at all. So I find it feels a little bit like a flipper on my foot. Um, obviously, I've got a big foot as well, so I feel like it looks massive as well. So I don't know if that's just me getting confused, looking at the shoe going, whoa, it's big, thinking that that maybe affects how I run as well. I definitely like it for a short recovery run. I wouldn't wear it for too long again, just with my history of Achilles. I'm just being really mindful of that, particularly at the moment when my training load is a little bit higher than normal. I'm doing some more sessions. My long runs are getting longer. I just really want to mitigate injury risk as much as possible. So wearing something like this for a long run just wouldn't be super smart for me at the moment, but I definitely like to sprinkle it in wear it to work occasionally, wear it for a walk, that kind of thing, just to again, add some variety. So that is the Ultra Via Olympus. This is the Puma Deviate Nitro 2. This is a shoe with a carbon plate in it. So this would be my speediest, fastest shoe. So 200s, 400s, 800s maybe, probably not more than a K, I'd wear my endorphins for that. Um, but if I wanna feel snappy, poppy, fast, I would put something like this on. So it's got that power plate through it. So six mil, 220 grams, um, my only complaint about this shoe is that fit. So it's got a really narrow pointy toe box and I just find that I feel really snug in that shoe and just don't get a lot of width and that splay. Particularly if I've had my Ultras or Vivos on and then I put this on, it feels really tight and snug. And I just like my feet to be able to feel comfortable. So 
that is the Puma EV8 Nitro 2. I'm excited for some new ones, of course, in 2024 to see what comes out, but they are my current options. Now, you might think that's a lot. You might think that's not much, depending on how many you have, but I think it's really, really important to rotate through our shoes. We talk about it all the time, and I've spoken about it all throughout this episode about how important that actually is. So if you are in the market for some new shoes, here are a couple of things I would like you to think about. So number one, comfort. It's got to feel good. If you're putting a shoe on and it feels like you can feel something rubbing against your arch or it feels like it's really tight or you just feel anything that just doesn't feel nice, I probably wouldn't go for it. If it's uncomfortable in the shop, it's going to be uncomfortable running in it, especially 10, 20, 30, 40 Ks later. So making sure it feels good instantly, straight away, it just should feel normal, should feel nice and comfortable. Making sure it fits, number two. Have you actually got enough room? If you can feel the end of the shoe, then you definitely don't have enough room. You want about a thumb's width between your longest toe and the end of the shoe. So making sure you've got enough space there. I think people think that losing toenails is just normal, part of the sport. You don't need to lose a toenail. If you've got the right fitting shoe and if your toenails are cut to a short trimmed amount, then you should be totally fine and not be losing toenails and getting blisters and things like that. So plenty of space at the front, plenty of space in the width, making sure it's not too narrow, not too tight, hugging your foot too tightly. That's really important as well. So you should put the, foot, the shoe on and just feel like, yes, this just feels good. This feels right. If you've got any doubt or concern or hesitation, I'd say it's a no. It's got to be a definite yes. So it's got to fit. It's got to feel good. I'd also be thinking about what is the purpose of the shoe? What am I actually using this for? Is it something that I'm going to be wearing for my interval speed, tempo sessions? Is it something I'm going to wear on the trail? Do I need a little bit more cushioning for whatever reason? Am I wearing it for my longer, slower, easier runs? What are you actually using it for? This is going to really help to narrow things down. I remember working in the shop, someone would come in and just go, oh, I just want a new shoe. And you go, okay, what are you using it for? And they go, oh, just running. And you go, okay, like it really helps to be a bit more specific so that you can really nail exactly what characteristics you're looking for so that you can get the right thing. So thinking about the purpose is really helpful. Comfort, fit, purpose, and variety. So what have you already got at the moment and what are we adding to that variety? Are we just gonna end up with the same pair of shoes, the same model, same make, with the same heel to toe drop, same amount of cushioning, same stiffness, same flexibility, same everything? We're not adding any variety. So again, we are exposing ourselves to more of those repetitive loads and we're not adding anything different. So thinking about if I've already got a 10 millimeter shoe, maybe I can get an eight mil or a six mil. If I've already got really thick cushion spongy shoes, maybe I can get something a little bit more conservative, a little bit more minimal, not a complete barefoot shoe, but just something in between, just to add a little bit of a different stimulus. So thinking about adding some variety to the wardrobe, I think is really important. Now, of course, color and looks always matter as well, but making sure that we're getting all those other things as priorities, most of the shoes look pretty cool now anyway, so you shouldn't be having too much trouble with that. So that'd be my four key things to think about when purchasing your own new pair of shoes. You've had a look at mine. By no means are these the shoes of the year or the shoes that you should be buying, but they're just the ones that I happen to be wearing currently and some shoes that I've really enjoyed over the last few months. I am excited for next year to see what comes out. I know that the Nova Blast 4 from ASICS came out today. I'm hoping to be able to try someone at Pace Athletic tonight. We're also going to be trying the Glycerin 21 tonight, which is going to be super fun. And that's a really nice way to be able to expose yourself to new shoes and try new things as well. If you can go to a run club that has some wear tests, they bring some shoes in, you can test them out on a run. It's a really nice way to actually understand what you like because standing around in the shop doesn't give you the full answer, but going out for a five or six K run in the shoes is going to give you a really good indication 
of whether they're actually going to work for you. So come along to Pace Athletic, we're always trying shoes on at those runs. If you need any Vivo barefoot shoes, we've got a link below to save you a little bit of money for your gym, walking, maybe some minimal barefoot running if you're looking to explore that area. Also, if you need some hydration or nutrition, we've got a discount for Tailwind, so that's going to save you a bit of money on your hydration. We know that, especially in summer, you're going to need it. It's going to add up. You're going to be wearing it or using it, I should say, every weekend. You're going to be going through it, so save yourself a little bit of coin there as well. We also have a discount code for Scorcher Sun Care to keep your skin safe in the sun over summer as well. So definitely check out those links. We would love any feedback. What did you think of the video? Was it terrible? Was it okay? Was it great? I'd love to know any of those thoughts as well. We're going to try and do a little bit more of this video stuff as well, add a little bit more content variety, keep things interesting for you coming up in 2024. So if you're not already following, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, if you're not following on Spotify, get on top of all those things so that you don't miss any future content. And we're going to see you every week. We're going to speak to you every week and we have plenty of exciting things coming. So stay tuned. Um, we also have some discounts for Scorcher Sunscare to keep Scorcher... <laughs> We also have a discount code for Scorcher Suns. We also have a discount code for Scorcher Sunscare. We also have a discount code for Scorcher Suncare to keep your skin safe in the sun over summer as well. So definitely check out those links. We would love any feedback. What did you think of the video? Was it terrible? Was it okay? Was it great? I'd love to know any of those thoughts as well. We're going to try and do a little bit more of this video stuff as well. Add a little bit more content variety keep things interesting for you coming up in 2024 so if you're not already following if you're not subscribed to the youtube channel if you're not following on spotify get on top of all those things so that you don't miss any future content and we're going to see you every week we're going to speak to you every week and we have plenty of exciting things coming so stay tuned